Hello, Cindy. Here we are with another episode of What Did Jesus Say? I just love those words. I mean, what better time than now to, to listen to the words of Jesus and let him instruct us on how to move forward in uncertain times. It's so true that, that we look to all kinds of places, to the news, to the videos, to social media, to Facebook, for what people are saying. Think about it, Cindy. And how long do we spend looking for somebody to answer our questions or to tell us what to think and what to say and what to do? But there's only one we need to turn to. And today, we're going to turn to him. No kidding. <laughs> We've got our Bibles right here. And, you know, I was just thinking, and I often say this because I want to be reminded, but my mom used to say, the Bible has the answer for everything. Mm -hmm. And and certainly as we're exploring the words of Jesus, what Jesus said, I'm so encouraged, aren't you? Oh, exceptionally encouraged. I just love to imagine sitting there at his feet and listening to him speak and to really to grasp onto the words he has spoken and to get so that they can give me that that rudder so I can steer my ship in the right direction. Absolutely. And so today on today's episode, we're going to look at the, the um, words of Jesus to the paralytic. Mm. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Oh, those words just resonate deep in my spirit and to be forgiven. Now, let's go back and just read a bit of this chapter of Mark, the second chapter, so that we get the context and the power of the scene. Would you imagine with us today what is happening in this scene? I'm going to read the first uh, five verses of Mark chapter 2. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Mark, second chapter, the first five verses. Cindy, let's go back and just think about this scene. Imagine this man could not walk, but somebody cared enough. Exactly, Ruth. That's what I keep thinking of. He had friends who brought him to Jesus. I, they loved him so deeply, they brought him to Jesus. I even wondered if he wanted to go to Jesus. It doesn't tell us, but he was in, incapacitated and had not much to say about it. You know, it's so funny. Often I say to myself, I get by with a little help from my friends. And you think about all these friends just... <laughs> No, they were determined. There was no, there was no way they were going to listen to the words, no. They actually lowered him down through the roof of a building in order to be able to be healed by Jesus, the one and only healer. I can't help but wonder, did the man lying on that mat know how badly he needed Jesus? Mm. Or was it just the faith of their 
their commitment to, to get him to Jesus that made such a difference. You know, Ruth, I can't help but think about when I came to Jesus and how it took friends to convince my husband while I'm dying in a hospital bed to go to church and to hear about Jesus. You know, sometimes we do have to be in crisis or in trial so that we can turn to him. You know, Cindy, as I think about your story, and it's a very pertinent story for this biblical text, and... You didn't even take yourself to Jesus. It's as though God himself carried you into a place where you could not move. Yes. You couldn't take yourself to Jesus. You could not do anything. As a matter of fact, you were dying very quickly. I was. I was. And there was no expectation that I would make it through any night, the first, the second, the third, or or the 30th. And really, it is God who lifted me up and carried me to him. And if you haven't read Cindy's story, it's in her book, Shine On. Go right now and find it on Amazon or any uh, place where online, where books are sold online. You will love what God did in her five-week coma. And literally, Cindy, there you were. And God ministered to you while you were in that coma. Absolutely. But you know, Ruth, and, and that's how I came to Jesus. That's, it was in crisis that our family came to know who Jesus truly is, not who we thought he was. And, but we don't have to be um, non-believers to, to bring ourselves in front of the Lord like that. If, if this paralytic man was a believer and in, in he had heard about Jesus and he just wanted to meet him or to be healed by him and his friends were just acting on his behalf, that says too that, you know, when we're in pain and we're in trial, where do we go? Well, where do we go? Uh, where do we go? Uh, this story is a great illustration of where we, we should go and where our definite needs will be met. Let's stop for a minute and think about these men that brought him. I wish there were a few more details in scripture, but there aren't. But think of the risks that they were taking. Mm. Let's talk about that. Well, the truth is they could have easily been turned away. They could have easily harmed the man, lowering him through the roof. They, they could have angered him. They could have angered Jesus. <laughs> what about the owner of the house? <laughs> oh, yes, that, that person, the, the anonymous person who owned the home whose roof was now demolished. We, but... <laughs> we don't hear about him. No, we don't. But nonetheless, he is lowered to Jesus. But these friends took great risks. My friends, every one of us need to take risks Mm. to bring our friends to Jesus. We're not going to be loved all the time. People will misunderstand us, but the risks they took to get that man to Jesus, they were great. They they were financial cost to to them. There was physical cost. They could have slipped and fallen. There were all kinds of risks. And listen, unless we're ready and willing to take risks in this life. We will never enjoy the abundant life that God has planned for us through Jesus. And you know, I can't help but think they were willing to take the risks. They were willing to take the cost. There could have even been risks with authorities locally that who could have stepped in and, and arrested them for trespassing. <laughs> I mean, think about it. And we live in a world that needs us to shine the light of Christ, which we're called to do right now, brighter than ever. So friends, we're going to face risks. 
Absolutely. Cindy, let's, let's move on and get a few more nuggets out of this passage. Would you read the sixth and seventh verse of the text, Mark 2? So Mark 6 and 7 goes on to say, Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Uh, so it's interesting. Like, I mean, we're talking about scribes and Pharisees. This is part of the group, the, the inner group of the sons of Israel, the Jewish people. And it's this opposition that sometimes we get from within, mm -hmm. in our own, perhaps, church circle, in the, our own body of Christ. Or our family. Or our family. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not in any way comparing us to Jesus in this regard, but that is a truth of a leader to know that you're going to get opposition from without and also from within. It's interesting, Cindy, that Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. And what were they? What was their pause? Well, their pause was to say, who is this man who says he is the son of God? Well, who is he? He is God who's saying he's the son of God. And what what I like about this piece of scripture is that it says um, they were questioning in their hearts. And that's where our questioning comes from. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from the mind. Our questioning comes from our hearts when we doubt and we don't see the truth. You know, when I was rereading this scripture this morning and I thought of this man who's ill, his physical body is in distress. He can't do anything for himself, nothing. Mm -hmm. And he comes and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. I couldn't help but think that he might have thought, so here I come. I'm lowered through a roof. <laughs> I've destroyed a man's property yeah. and the man is going to preach a sermon. I didn't come for this. I didn't sign up for any, uh, any of this God stuff. I came to get healed. Mm. But the beauty of that is, Ruth, is that the healing that this man needed, although he didn't even know it himself, was healing spiritually. It was not physical healing. <laughs> and when we are healed spiritually, this scripture actually tells us that we become healed physically as well. And I, I mean, how many times in your life have you, need spirit, have you needed spiritual healing that brought about physical healing? And you know, Cindy, we're not ready to sign off yet, but you've really come to the takeaway of this whole passage. Mm -hmm. Because the issue in the heart of every man and woman no matter their age, it's a spiritual need first that needs to be addressed. That doesn't mean God can't heal us if we don't believe in him. But what it means is God, Jesus, is emphasizing our deep spiritual need mm. and the longing that even if he could get up and walk without that inner a part of vacuum in his spirit being filled, he would not have been happy, mm -mm. right? And Cindy, you are such a testimony to this because you found out that your body with hands and feet was not as whole as your body without hands and feet with Jesus filling the gap. You are so right, Ruth. You know, I look back and I think about how much I tried to be everything that the world wanted me to be in my life. I lost my hands and feet so that I could become who Jesus had called me to be. And, you know, it was in losing those hands and feet that I found him to start with. 
And it's by losing those hands and feet that I recognize that my identity is not what I thought it was. My identity is in Christ. And nobody can make me feel less whole now. In fact, I feel more whole than I did with hands and feet because I know whose I am and in whom I reside. And I believe that this text is showing exactly that, that deep spiritual hunger, that deep spiritual vacuum has to be filled by Jesus himself. It sure does. And let's go on to the uh, verses 8 right down to right down to the end of the chapter, Cindy. I love it. And, and you know, verse 8 in Mark, in chapter 2, verse 8 of Mark, we hear that immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus question within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take your bed and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose immediately, picked up his bed, and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Oh my goodness, Cindy, this is so powerful. Seeing God at work, caring about the body, but caring deeply about the soul. And you are such a testimony. People will say to you, how in the world did you do this? How do you get up and walk? How do you drive? How do you swim? How do you dance with your husband? And that's the beauty of this. I can do all those things because my strength and my abilities come from him, Christ Jesus. And, you know, in this piece of scripture, Jesus has healed them and then he says, rise. He doesn't say rise right away. First, that spiritual healing had to come. And then he said, rise, my son, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and get up and walk. And that's the key, isn't it? You know, so often we think that if God can take away all of the physical issues that we're having, we'll be healed. And we talked about this just a few minutes ago, but that's not what's the healing that we need. We need spiritual healing. We need healing that only our God, Jehovah Rapha, can bring. And that is brought through his son, who is also God, in this very passage, spiritual healing. And it reminds me of when I had to come to a place of spiritual healing over physical healing. Wow, that's a lot. We're going to come back to that in just a moment about some of the challenges that you faced. I can't help but think that a lot of what is going on in our world today, a lot of what people are thinking is very similar to what the scribes were thinking. Oh, Ruth, you're so right. Who does God think he is? And why, where is God? And why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't he come down? Well, maybe someday we'll tackle some of those. But I want all of you that are listening today to know that there is some mystery involved in prayers and, and the way they are answered. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to speak to that, Ruth, because, I mean, I feel that I can answer where is God when bad things happen 
And I'm sure the paralytic in this scripture was asking the same of himself. How could God let this happen to me? Why would he let me be born like this or whatever accident had occurred to make it happen? We don't know. But when we say, how can God let this happen? Where is God when bad things happen? I can assure you that having been there, God is right with you. He's in all of the people like these friends who come forward and show you who Jesus is. And he's in all the people who come forward and show you love and support in his name and minister to you in the time where your pain is so deep that you don't know. It's a well of pain that's so deep you don't know how to cast that, that bucket into it. But yet, mm. these friends come forward and show you how. That's where he is. You know, Cindy, when we look at you and we watch your How Does She Do That? By the way, that's a YouTube channel. How Does She Do That? And Cindy uh, demonstrates how she does many things. And sometimes it's very easy for people to look and say, well, that's who she is. She's always been determined. She's always been able to rise above. But there's definitely a distinct difference because, and I'd like to go back just for a few minutes before we end our time together today, because your joy and your love and your light shines so brightly. But you didn't sign up for this, Cindy. No. You did not sign up to lose your hands and feet with a three-month-old son at home that you could no longer feed, with a five-year-old daughter. Both those, your children, found it difficult to be around you for a while. And so some of the pain, if you've read the book, you'll know about this, but as we're sharing on these, what did Jesus say? I just want you to speak to that deep, dark place for just a moment before we come back into the rising up that God has given you. Absolutely, Ruth. You know, when we speak of pain, it's never easy. And, and when you celebrate all the things that God has done in your life, a lot of times they come from places of deep, dark pain. As I woke from the coma, I really didn't know how I was going to move forward. How can a woman, no matter how strong she is or how strong people think she is, be able to go and recapture her life with her children and her family? only by the grace of God. And I also had a mother who always told me that God could do anything. Um, and, you know, it is only by his grace and only by his strength that, you can, that, that, that I could do it. So, so many people say to me, um, you know, you were always like that. But I didn't wake up every day with pain. I didn't wake up every day having to take every step on prosthetic legs that caused such that drilled holes basically into my legs and my skin as I moved. And some of those days can be very, very difficult. The darkness does try to close in and to remind me of all the things I've lost. But I have learned that when we are thankful and hopeful in Christ, it is him who takes the darkness away, mm. not us. We do not have to be courageous. Mm -hmm. We do not have to be strong. We don't have to stand on our own strength. And because I've learned that, I can be a woman without hands and feet who can accomplish all these things and know that I am a very different woman than I was before because I stand in Jesus now. And I have been physically and spiritually healed, even without having my hands and feet grow back. Imagine that. <laughs> yes, because I guess in, in praying for healing for you, some people would think, well, God's going to allow her, her limbs to grow again. 
But God but has a not, greater purpose. Yeah, that's not my calling. Yeah. And God's calling on my life and the cross that I am to bear is different than God's calling on your life and yeah. what you bear. But we are all united and bearing it together. And when we come to Jesus for that healing and that, that pure healing that only comes from him, it gives us the strength to carry that cross. Wow, and what we want to leave with you today is the reality of the deep spiritual need of our lives. No matter what we're facing, perhaps you're in a great time, great season of your life, and everything's going pretty well. But if you live long enough... I want to meet you. <laughs> if you live long enough, you're going to face some risks. You're going to have to make some choice, tough choices. You may have to face death, divorce, separation, hunger. We don't know. But one of the beautiful things about this uh, story in, in Scripture in Mark 2 that I don't want to miss is the beauty of uh, those that love you. Mm. So in this, I see a picture of the body of Christ. Mm. Those men loved Jesus and knew him and knew that he could do for their friend, what Jesus had done for them. That, that's the way I see that. And in our world today, we're called to such independence. We're called to work Self alone. Self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. Yeah. And we don't get that beauty of the body functioning. Now, your body, Cindy, is not like it used to be, but it is whole. <laughs> sure is it. <laughs> but the Word tells us that our, our, our relationship, our community with Jesus is like our body. Mm. There's the head, who is Christ, and then all of the different parts. Some people, some parts are very visible, and some are not so visible, but every one of us has a part. You know, I was thinking about the men. They had a very, very touch on the spot, right there, right in the middle of it. Mm. But then there were some others that were looking on. They had dis decisions to make, choices to, to make about how they were viewing this. And then there were many others that were standing there praising God for what happened. It was all part of the community. And we don't want to miss that part of the story because he, would, he didn't come on his own. He came with others. And we have this beautiful picture of the body of Christ functioning together. We see that it's who cared enough. What did Jesus have to offer? And then how or why or what is the greatest issue of this story? The greatest issue is that, that again. What is the greatest issue? What is the greatest issue that we can take away? It's that our spiritual need is foremost in Christ's mind. Because he wants to live with us forever, whether he has hands and feet or not. Absolutely. And so that's what he wants for us. The other thing is that we look at that verse that says. We don't, uh, Jesus is talking about which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk, but that you may know. This is what God wants you to know through his son, Jesus, that the son of man, Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he's still here in the power of his spirit. And if you don't know Jesus today, and you're listening. God has brought you here for a reason. <laughs> and I want to say to you that it took me a long time to recognize that guess what? 
we're all sinners. We're all sinners. Have you ever told a lie? That makes us a sinner. Have you ever taken something that's not yours? That makes us a sinner. I always thought I wasn't a sinner because I hadn't murdered anybody. <laughs> but the truth is, the God's word tells us that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I say to you right now, if you bring those sins before Jesus, he is the one who is the forgiver. He is the one who died on the cross for those very sins you're thinking of mm -hmm. right now. He wants to know you. He wants, to, he wants you to know him. Lay it down before him. Well, we could go on, Cindy. Uh, every time you say something, it's just another thought in my mind. I'd like to leave all of you with this. Perhaps today you're thinking of someone that needs to see Jesus mm -hmm. for physical or spiritual healing. What are you going to do? What risk are you willing to take to bring them to Jesus, to point them to the one that Cindy has found to make her whole even when her body has literally fallen apart? Absolutely. So thank you for being with us. Tune in next time. Don't miss a single podcast in our series, what? what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Yay! God bless. Bye for now. See you later.